Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. I'm your host, Julieta Kusnid, and on tonight's program, we focus on crucial Bay Area arts and culture that is reflecting some of the struggles that we see all over around issues of immigration policies that are dehumanizing or marginalizing, or art that's being used to fight back against gentrification and other ways that people are being pushed out of the Bay. We're going to start off this show with an interview with playwright and actors that are part of the Ubuntu company, and they are putting on a play called To the Bone. And we're also going to hear an interview with Bay Area band Soltron and hear some of their music. All this and much more. Stay tuned. No te lo pierdas. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Julieta Kusnid, and today we are very lucky to have two special guests in our KPFA studios. We are talking about the play To the Bone, which is showing now and has gotten great reviews and talks about a lot of important issues. It's really something that couldn't be more relevant. So to tell us more about the play, we have Lisa Ramirez, who's the playwright and who also acts in this play. And we also have Sarita Ocon, who is one of the actors in this play as well. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So why don't we start off with you, Lisa? Why don't you set the scene? Tell us a little bit about To the Bone. Sure. Um, To the Bone was kind of born out of a conversation that I had with Mark Pleasant, uh, the artistic director of Working Theater in New York. I had read um, some articles in a labor newspaper about this uh, Central American population up in the Catskills, up in Sullivan County, New York, we were just kind of talking. I had They had produced my play, Exit Cuckoo, Nanny and Motherland, and we wanted to work together again. So he's like, what else are you thinking of writing? And I said, I'd, I'd love to take a crack at the great American drama, like a Steinbecky sort of Grapes of Wrath or Mice and Men, but for Latina women. And uh, that, w- that was the goal. And then I spent a six-month period interviewing probably up to 50 different women who worked and lived up uh, in Sullivan County and worked in the poultry plants. And um, over the period of two years, started to develop this play with uh, Latina women uh, as the central characters for this, for this drama. Sarita, so you have been performing all around the country, but especially here in the Bay, playing many types of roles. And this is a role we don't often get to hear the voices of people working in the poultry industry or people working in these kinds of dangerous but necessary jobs here in the United States. So tell us a little bit about your experience getting to play a role that maybe we don't get to hear very often. Right. What's really great is... um We're very fortunate that Ubuntu Theater Project valued and found an importance to tell this narrative on the stage. I think it is important that all our narratives and histories are represented through, whether that's through performance, visual arts, dance. And so being able to kind of be a vessel for a particular experience of undocumented workers here in the United States, I think is incredibly timely and necessary. And the way I approach this piece, and like many of my past projects, is entering from a place of humanity. And because so often our immigrant populations are in many ways dehumanized, that is to, for me as the actor, taking on this kind of sacred story and spirit that I honor these voices and these narratives that don't otherwise get showcased in theaters. I mean, this is very much a part of the American landscape. And so I, I, I've approached Juana is the character with great care, having done a lot of research. She's from Guatemala. Her story is woven as she's one of the women that works in the poultry factory. 
And in many ways, you know, and knowing that Lisa's conducted these interviews and these are based on real people, we, we have this understanding that we're unearthing trauma. And so I think it's really important that our communities, especially in the East Bay, Oakland, San Francisco, that they have the opportunity to come out and, and, and experience something in a different form that's not cinematic, but that is live performance, and begin that kind of discussion and healing that I believe needs to happen in our community, especially right now. We're talking about To the Bone. It has had its West Coast premiere, and it is currently running. People can still catch it for a few more weeks, but unfortunately, it's a limited run, so it's an opportunity people need to take advantage of. So I have in the studio with me Lisa Ramirez as well as Sarita Ocon. They both act in the play, and Lisa Ramirez also wrote this play. So Lisa... Normally we just see faces or maybe we see backs of heads when we hear the immigrant story. If you watch TV news or even many documentaries, it's a very otherizing experience where people, they kind of, you know, they just get the sense of, wow, this mass of people that are suffering. And, you know, I'm, I'm Mexican, my dad is Argentina, but I, sometimes you get a little tired of just hearing about how much we're suffering. You know, it's just really hard, especially because I think that many times we don't get to hear voices we just hear oh more deportations or more wage theft or more sexual harassment on the job so tell us about this experience of actually talking to these women spending a considerable amount of time with them and what you heard or what you uncovered that perhaps either surprised you or you felt allowed you to tell more human stories as opposed to these headlines yeah that's a great question i think the um one of the things is the great humor that um, I, you know, I was uh, led into these people's, these women's homes, and we ate together, and we cried together, and there was a lot of laughter, and um, and one of the characters says, you know, we have to laugh or we will cry, and then where will we be, you know, and um, that's kind of how I entered the play. You put five women who are not related in a house together from you know three different uh, countries in Central America, two of the countries that don't get along, El Salvador and uh, Honduras. And there, there's going to be like, there's going to be laughter. There's going to be conflict that anybody who has ever lived with people they're not related to will, will, uh, will understand. And I, I'm, um, uh, you know, I love Harold Klerman, uh, the uh, head of the group theaters um, quote about humor and he's like the true and truth that the truth is like castor oil it's difficult to swallow and people don't want it so what you have to do is make them laugh and when their mouths are open pour the truth in and that's that's what we're trying to do uh here and we're led by the amazing michael moran who is the artistic director of ubuntu theater project and uh we're we're just so lucky to be to all be uh, doing this together i'm working with uh, women that I've worked with uh, many years ago in the Bay, and now I've returned from New York to live here and to make this my home. And it's it's really uh, an honor to be on stage with Sarita and Wilma Bonet and the rest of the rest of the crew. So that's a great opportunity to hear a little bit more about Ubuntu because it's a really special cast. And a lot of people, I think, maybe they're saying, you know, theater's not really my thing. I don't really connect or... You know, there are people that say it's a it's an experience that's so far from my from my experience that, you know, I you know, it's not something I consider for what to do on a Saturday night. What's so cool about uh, this play as well as Ubuntu itself is that you all push to have create theater that relates to a whole wide range of people. So tell us a little bit about the company. Ubuntu Theater Project uh, is an ensemble company. Uh, made up of many different collaborators. What I love, it's so culturally rich and diverse. And there's a, a wonderful spectrum and expansion of, of art, artists and talent all together that really want to, it's like a returning almost, a returning to like, what does it mean to do storytelling that truly is, uh, surrounded and within community? What does it mean to go into spaces that are not traditional theater 
spaces and use storytelling and use performance as a means to spark and inspire dialogue and conversation and healing. And it's been my creative home for the last two years now. I started with Ubuntu in 2015. And since then, the journey has been really, really incredible. And I appreciate what Michael Moran and many of our colleagues that are part of Ubuntu are doing to really highlight and reach out to the local community by really bringing the heart of certain stories that to, to really move, to, to move us, to create a movement, to create discussion. I think this is all very, very important. And so I've, I've always encouraged all my friends, my students, um, my, my mentees to come and experience Ubuntu because it really is going to be that kind of visceral, all your sensories are going to be open and, and, and something magical, I believe, truly happens in the space as as you are in the audience participating with us because it is very communal. It, it is, it's very magical in that way. So give us some more of the details. To the Bone has a limited run, mm-hmm. so we want to make sure people take advantage and see it. So tell us a little bit more about those details. Right. As of now, we are running through the 23rd of April with a possible extension, but uh, that is not definite. So I would encourage people to get their tickets now because we are selling out. Yeah. I, the, uh, you can get tickets by going to UbuntuTheaterProject.com. And that's U-B-U-N-T-U theaterproject.com. Um, and uh, booking your tickets online. Or you can show up at the door and, and pay um, what you can. And pay what you can. That's one of the most beautiful things about the Ubuntu Theater Project is no one is turned away for lack of funds. It is theater about the people and for the people. So we hope that uh, you can come check us out. (laughs) Audiences have been fantastic. It's been packed houses, and the response has been truly incredible. And I know that our community has deeply appreciated seeing this type of narrative being highlighted and performed. And so it's, it's just been such a great experience. And it's in a really beautiful space. Yes, we're at Brooklyn Preserve, which is where we are uh, in residency Mm -hmm. for the entire year, which is a 18th century church on its 1433 12th Avenue. Mm -hmm. Yep. uh, Right right off of Lake Merritt. And uh, it's it's a magical place. So you said pay what you can. What does that mean? Uh, Basically, you know, if you can you can have a pay what you can option at the door. And that means like if you have $5 in your pocket, we're not going to turn you away. We want you to experience the show. And again, it's theater for the people, by the people. And so no one is turned away for lack of funds. If you go online, you have the option of um, paying anywhere from 15 to $45. Um, but if you arrive at the door, it is pay what you can. Yeah. I've had the pleasure to have in the studio with us, we've had Lisa Ramirez, who is the playwright as well as she also acts in To the Bone. And I have Sarita Ocon, who is also part of Ubuntu Company, and she she acts in this production. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank Thank you. We're now going to give a pair of tickets away to... A fun show that's happening in just a couple days on Thursday, April 13th at 9 p.m. Internationally renowned singer and songwriter Alex Guba will be performing with Bay Area's Makru and DJ Agana. This show is at The New Parish, which is thenewparish.com. And they can call 510-848-4425. It's a pair of tickets for this Thursday's show. April 13th at 9 p.m. at the New Parish, and that's Alex Cuba plus Macru and DJ Agana. We're going to give you a listen to some Macru right now.
Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. You've just heard some of Soltron. We are very lucky to have them in the house. We have a couple members of one of the most anticipated, up-and-coming, exciting bands coming out of the Bay. This is a band that everybody's talking about because they're truly feeling it. Soltron really represents what a lot of people were missing about the mission and music coming out of the bay which is soul and funk and energy so i'm lucky to have in the studio with me akil mustayer we're also lucky to have with us daniel riera thank you both for joining us thank you julieta yes thank you all right so we've heard a little bit of your sound already we got to hear a little bit off of echame luz and that's the first track off your latest cd which is a really fun full energetic lively album so why don't you both just tell us a little bit about this track and also just what sort of all about because you all are musicians that um, first of all it's a lot of you all people can probably hear it but there's a lot of energy on stage when you all play so why don't we just take a moment and just why don't you two just tell us about the project tell us about Soltron so Soltron evolved out of uh, this group of uh, three congueros that would get together and practice and learn the bata drums the sacred drums of Cuba and kind of the idea of the band I think was to combine this Cuban soul music you could say you know it's the spiritual music and combine it with um kind of american soul music like funk which was a big influence of course on has been on chicano music for a long time and um also merging it with hip-hop which is kind of like the sound of the barrio today and um just combining yeah. all these things that we loved and really responded to I was one of the three people that we, we started meeting. It was me, Akil, <laughs> Anthony, Sierra, and Remy Spiral. We'd come and play bata and stuff. And so we had this idea. We would come and play and talk about music and what we like. And the way I think about the band is similar to what Daniel said, but it's like we take the music that we grew up listening to, all this salsa and cumbia and Spanish music and we mixed it with all the music that we picked up listening with our friends and with each other like the hip-hop and everything and that's what I think is really cool about the band it's like you were saying that's kind of a reflection of the mission it's like a big mix with like a little rice and bean gumbo. mixture gumbo yeah jambalaya so tell us who else is part of this jambalaya because it is a big mix and it's a it's a lot of different influences and it's you can see it in the diversity of who's on stage. So tell us about who who do you get to see and who do you get to hear when you hear Soltron? So I guess we should start with the drummers because the whole band started with the drums. We have three percussionists in the band right now. We have Arturo Blanco on drum set. We have Akil Mestair on congas and he also plays electronic sampler pads. And uh, we have Remy Spiro, who plays timbales, and also Chequere, Triangle. He adds a lot of flavor. And then uh, on out in front, we have Adriana Marrero, our vocalist. Uh, and we have Roque Barón, who's our uh, MC. And we have Manolo Davila on the guitar. Me, Daniel Riera, I play iwi, which is a electronic wind instrument. It's kind of like a electric clarinet, but um, it it can make a wide variety of different sounds. Uh, and we have three horn players. We have Ruben Sandoval on trombone. We have Christian Navarro on trumpet. And um, 
on the album we had Noah Rosen on the saxophone, as well as Kai Lyons on bass. And Anthony Sierra also playing congas. So for folks who weren't doing the math, so this is just like a tremendous, <laughs> like, you know, we want to think like orchestra proportions in terms of sounds and mixtures of music. So it really transmits to people just dancing, feeling, and really vibing off the energy you all are putting out. So that first track, Echame Luz, Daniel, you you actually composed that track, so and you arranged it too. So that track... Uh, kind of combine some things. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the things that influence or that can come through in a song like Echame Luz. Well, Echame Luz started as an idea, I think, with several of us in the band, uh, like Anthony Sierra, to cr create a song featuring the bata, which is the sacred Cuban drums, and putting it in a more modern setting and uh, trying to make a, a pop song out of it, out of it almost. So that's what we did. Um, it kind of blends the 6-8 feel, which is um, the Cuban thing, with um, kind of like a house feel almost. Uh, and um, the idea, Echame Luz, is like, give me light. So it's it's a spiritual song. Well, yeah, part of um, the like the, the beginning horn line, the little intro thing, is uh, kind of like a motif of a, a song, uh, Santeria, from the Santeria tradition or Orisha followers or whatever you would like to refer, which many of us are, or not many of us, but we study it or know about it or have interacted with it in various capacities in the band. It's a song for Oya, uh, which is like she's the uh, the goddess or deity of the wind. And so I think the whole message behind the song is supposed to be uplifting supposed to be positive and definitely the use of the the drums i think it adds a, a a really nice element because those are holy rhythms you know and so you, when we play the drums we're we're doing prayer and so to be able to put that onto the album and to be able to feature uh carlos aldama who is a local well now local he's from cuba he was a founder in the Conjunto Folklorico Nacional de Cuba. And he's a wealth of knowledge for him to be able to come into the studio and put a little bit of flavor on our stuff right there and just give us that. It was it was it was a gift. So it was it was a good it's a nice tune. It's, this is my favorite song actually on the album. We're talking to Soltron there in our studios. Now we have a couple folks that are telling us some of the stories behind these beautiful songs. And a lot of people have been excited about Soltron. A lot of people are seeing themselves in Soltron. And part of that is that most people, when they think of the mission, if they're not from the Bay, which unfortunately now is most of the people here, it feels like, <laughs> um, there, you know, there are people that are like, oh, the mission district, good taquerias, lots of Mexican people. And that's their, their vision where they don't truly see the full history of the mission, which really isn't Mexican. It's more Central American, but also even even within that, there's been a ton of mixture and folks from all over, which brings us to our next song that we want to feature off your latest, your this debut album. It's a, it's the first Soltron album. So if you look it up, you're not going to get confused. It's Soltron. You're mm -hmm. not going to get the wrong one. You're going to get the right one. If you just look up Soltron, you'll get the right album there. And it's Arroz con Ganules. And that's a, everyone's gonna be like, what, Puerto Ricans in the mission? There are no Puerto Ricans in the Bay. Well, you know, as we know, we have two, we used to have two Puerto Ricans working on this show. You know, we have a bunch of Puerto Ricans here in the Bay that are, you know, of course, they're not as big as our Central American brothers and sisters and Mexican brothers and sisters, but um, in terms of population. But of course, the Bay has a huge mixture. And growing up in the mission, growing up in San Francisco, you meet people every day that are half Guatemalan, half Puerto Rican, or half, half Puerto Rican, half African-American, half, you know, having all these mixtures. So tell us a little bit about this song. And because the, the Caribbean really just, you hear it in the music. Um, you really hear the, as you mentioned, the Yoruba traditions really come through. You know, we know that, of course, most Latin American music has its deep, deep African influences and indigenous inf influences. So talk to us about the vibe. I mean, I was going to say, to start off, we have like six people or something like that in the band that yeah. are Puerto Rican. Or yeah, so that, that'll do it. My, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, my father is half Puerto Rican and half Cuban. 
and my mother is Mexican. So, you know, that's kind of like a combination that could only exist in the mission, right? And yeah, several others in Anthony, the band are Anthony Sierra, our conguero on the CD, uh, is from uh, his family is he's, like, Cuban, he's Puerto Rican he, and, and Cuban. Cuban. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, Roque Baron, the MC, he's Chilean and Puerto Rican. Yeah. And his parents <laughs> met in the mission, uh, just like Anthony's parents. And then uh, Adriana Marrero is actually Puerto Rican from the island. Yeah, she moved to the United States when she was 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. And then Manolo, he's 100% Puerto Rican, but born in the United States. And uh, yeah, he grew up right in the heart of mission on 24th Street. So he's, you know, he's Puerto Rican mission. And then Chris Navarro, the trumpet player, he's... Uh, He's uh his family owns that gym there the Navarro's gym the famous Navarro's gym on Cortland and Mission. Yep. But anyways, uh, he's Salvadorian and Puerto Rican, so we and got we got the connection. And and Akil, you're Central American as well. Yeah, I'm Nicaraguan and Salvadorian. See, that's the thing. I think that what's so great about Soltron is that sometimes we're forced in you know in music you're forced to choose a genre you're supposed to choose okay well what are we trying to be are we trying to do a mexican song are we trying to do this are we trying to play to our central american fans and you know do a song that people are going to speak speak to folks in nicaragua and that's just ridiculous because clearly we all have the such a big mixture and as well as you know all of the influences within the americas but that you hear all that all the all the mixing that happens to make you know Soltron a possibility, um, you hear it in the CD. So uh, I was gonna say the other thing about arroz con gandul is not about just the mix of everything, but a lot of families across Latin America is they you eat rice and beans as a staple dish. Mm-hmm. That's what we say, like all of our shows. So whether you call it con gris or uh, Moros you know, y Cristianos. Yeah, or Gallo Pinto, or Casamiento, or Arroz con Gandul is the same thing. You know, that's what you eat to survive. When you don't got much else, you can always make rice and beans. And so that's the other message behind the song is, you know, we're out here surviving. I hear surviving, but I think the other flip on it is that, you know, you could be eating other things, but actually rice and beans is super healthy and it, <laughs> yeah. it nurtures us. And it's actually going back to our rice and beans and loving our arroz con frijoles. Exactly. Like that's actually giving us a lot of strength. And you all are honoring a lot of the traditions and a lot of the roots of the music by really lifting it up as opposed to just, you know, flipping it around. I think you all are creating space to actually name and honor that so you can hear a lot of that in Soltron so now we're gonna hear that track Arroz con Gandules back here with Soltron, you've been hearing some beautiful music, but along with the music, I'm sure you all are energized by the resistance that comes through through this music. As we know, culture is a weapon, culture is resistance. So just being uh, Soltron is a, a weapon to fight against injustice. So that's a beautiful thing. But along with that, um, a lot of your tracks really highlight some of the issues that people are facing that grew up in the mission, that people are facing that grew up in San Francisco or Oakland or so many cities where people feel pushed out. They feel marginalized. They feel made invisible. They feel like they're treated like strangers in their own town. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about this song, I Live Where You Vacation, which unfortunately is too close to home. It hits too close to home. A lot of us, we're living in the Airbnb world, uh, post-Airbnb world, where 
probably in San Francisco, it's more likely that you'll run into tourists on the street, you know, often um, than you'll run into your neighbors. So, so tell us a little bit about just in general, how really the fight for the soul of the mission, the fight for preserving and maintaining the community and the cultural centers, like for example, in Mich- Mission Cultural Center has played a big part in Sartron, other important spots in the mission and other important spaces where people create music and create art are really key to Sartron. So tell us about how that fight to preserve and maintain and really honor, you know, all the richness that has led to musical groups like you all, but also so, 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 so much more, how that's been an integral part of of the group, because you all don't shy away from really claiming, owning, and also calling to preserve and support people that are just fighting, 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 fighting to be able to stay in their homes. Well, I Live Where You Vacation uh, was written by our singer, Adriana Marrero. And uh, it's actually more about Puerto Rico. She wrote it about um, Puerto Rico, where she's from. And uh, it's about the experience of um, her being in Puerto Rico and um, seeing people come and go as tourists, but just kind of gloating, basically, saying, you may come just uh, and see the only the surface of this, but we live here and we really know what's up. Yeah, she... Uh... She got it from a a hashtag that her friend put up on a picture on a beach in Puerto Rico. One of her friends that still lives there, and it it said, hashtag, I live where you vacation. And uh, Adriana, she said she loved that. And she was like, yeah, totally. Like, And so if you listen to the lyrics, it's all about, they're about Puerto Rico. Roque's verse on this song is pretty dope. It calls out a lot of stuff and talks about Puerto Rico in a cool way in a very Puerto Rican way. He's speaking English and Spanish. But uh, what's cool about the song is, like, it's double meaning. It, it applies to Puerto Rico, but then it applies to the city as well because, you know, I've never been to Puerto Rico. I'm not Puerto Rican, but I'm from the city, and that's the same exact thing. Like you said, you're more likely to find tourists on the street than your neighbors. Yeah. But I live here, you know. <laughs> And musically, it's a mixture of a, of a cumbia and a reggaeton song, which is kind of like the Bay and Puerto Rico, right? Yeah, totally. So something that here in the Bay we cannot be mad about is the richness of music and that sometimes in some places people have to choose. They have to choose lyric substance people that they identify with, people that really speak their values, or strong strong music talent. You know, they have to choose strong music. And so Tron, you all really come through with both. So tell us a little bit about what a big role that is, because I feel like, you know, when I see you all play, like no one's sitting, everyone's dancing, people are really just enjoying the music there. Although they are really, you know, they're believers in all the work that you all are doing, they're on the same page, you know, and all this, they're still um, you know, they're, they're enjoying, they're just, you know, they're just celebrating, you know, they're just celebrating and, you know, feeling, feeling joy. So, um, I really feel that, especially in this track stand up, which is really, it's one that I think gets a lot of people super energized. So why don't you all talk to us a little bit about, um, just the, the vibe, the vibe that you all mm. are so committed to bringing and the energy that you all are so committed to bringing. You know, there's dancing on stage. You'll have little routines. It's real cute. Um, so tell us about the energy that you all put out and how that transmits to what you hope to create with the with the whole experience of seeing you all live. Soltron, we're a product of the amazing cultural arts traditions and institutions of the Bay Area, things like Mission Cultural Center, Latin Jazz Youth Ensemble, Loco Bloco, uh, School of the Arts. Almost uh, many of us went to San Francisco School of the Arts, same high school. So, um, John Calloway. John Calloway. He's taught basically all of us. Yeah. Minus a couple of us. So, yeah, the, the jazz influence runs deep too. You know, the tradition of playing horns and, and all that stuff playing the drums coming from all these various drumming schools, Carnaval, that happens in in San Francisco. So I feel like we all grew up thinking that Latin music, our music was cool. You know, we were excited to be in Carnaval and play drums and and to learn about our culture. So that's, we just want to share that, you know, that's 
that's kind of informs everything we do. Yeah. And also, like you're saying, in the performance aspect of it, when I come to a show, and I think everybody at the mm-hmm. band, like we, we say, it, our goal is to make the people dance. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and to get the people moving. And in order for that to happen, we got to be feeling it. Yeah. And so it's about moving energy, moving energy. Exactly. Like, you know, like we were talking about Bata earlier, thinking of drums as this, as a, a, a bring, it's something that unifies people. It brings people together in many traditions, native indigenous traditions across the world. It's a sacred thing. And so it's like, we try to hone in on the, 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 the spiritual side of music and what it can do and, and bring some healing music, you know, to the times that right now we got Trump era, Aleppo being totally killed. We got all this stuff happening, people being gunned down in in our own country, and that's that's the all this stuff we're thinking about: positivity, bringing love, bringing healing. And I think that the song "Stand Up" really kind of captures that vibe because it was written at a time when the mission, many homes in the mission, were going up in flames. People are getting evicted, still are. Our singer and guitarist Manolo, we used to rehearse every week at his house, which was this uh, amazing community activist artist co-op house on Bernal Hill called the Thug Mansion. And it really was a mansion because it had a like a million-dollar view of all of the mission and downtown SF skyscrapers in the distance. And um, so we used to rehearse there every week, and that house is now being evicted due to um, this guy, Shelly True, who's a realtor at uh, Vanguard Realty, and uh, is... He's a, it's like kind of like elder abuse. It's an elder abuse type of situation with the... With the land. Yeah, he's trying to pressure the, the owner, who her and her brother built that house. He... Her brother built that house with his hands. He's getting now. He's pressuring her to sell it, and in a way, through his uh, co, in a way, kind of coerced her to sign the paper she didn't know she through was signing. Obscure contracts that she he got her to sign. Yeah, but anyways, all that to say is that the gentrification is real strong in the city, and it, I mean, it's hitting our band right in the heart of me. That's our guitar player. That's where we were born. The Soltron was born there, you know, and that that home is at risk so that that's so kind that, of the that, thing about the i song. think the residents are still fighting it though they're not out yeah. yet oh. yeah we played uh it was cool we had the kids play with us the, we had manolo a lot of the people in the band they work with youth um but manolo he teaches kids music and this was in the summer and so he had all of his kids from the summer camp he they all made drums out of uh old water cooler things and they painted them with different things, and then they strapped them on and did a little march and then met us. And he led them, while he was playing the guitar, he led them to play the drums like a big, like a a drum corps playing with the band, stand up. And they're all kids like 10 and younger. And it was f- right in front of Vanguard. It was freaking, aw- <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was really cool. But that kind of captures what the song's about, what the band, like, that's what we, we're about, community stuff like that. So you um, have had an intense 2016. Um, you really stood up um, in many ways. Also, you're part of one of the hunger strikers here at SF State. I was teaching SF State the semester that um, you, along with three of your 
colleagues, comrades, fellow students, um, and many, many, many others that were supporting you. It was a huge effort. It was many, many people that came together to make this a reality. But that really seems the SF hunger strike, which was to save ethnic studies and expand the ethnic studies department, which was under attack and is under attack and continues to need folks to stand up for it. Um, that's that's something that really connects to all the work that you're doing here around fighting against gentrification. So um, with the song Stand Up, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what your spring was like? Your 2016 mm. was pretty crazy and how that connects to Stand Up, the song. Yeah, well, so uh, I participated in a hunger strike at my school. It was to, uh, the, the president was going to cut the budget for the College of Ethnic Studies. It's the only college of ethnic studies in, I think, the world and definitely the country. And um, he was going to cut the budget in half. And so, yeah, a lot of stuff was happening. Protests were happening and whatnot. But they were not really um, showing any signs of changing their mind or changing anything. So we did a hunger strike. And we were able to get restore funding that hadn't been there in over 10 years. So we, we got more money than we'd had in a long time. Ethnic studies, basically, you're teaching culture, different cultures and stuff in a, and why it's so important is that in our society, we only learn one. What's so cool about Soltron is, in a way, I'm not really, I'm really not trying to toot my own horn, but it's like uh, ethnic studies or whatever in, in life, in real time. We are creating culture, you know, where by defending the past, we're creating stuff for the future. We're, we're, we're trying to make something that's a reflection of what's happening now. Mm-hmm. That's what's cool about our band and having this CD is now as a time capsule. And in a way, we're reflecting. We're acting as transmitters of what's going on and, and, and putting that out there. And that's what Ethnic Studies is about. It's about talking about the problems that face in the community and how do we get together to heal ourselves about that and to, to take a stand to that. And so the band... We, we do this musically, and that's, that's just, that's our weapon in a way, you know. The, if you look at the cover, it's Soltron. This is like the primera forma, the Soltron, and he's this big robot made of all these instruments, and uh, he's, the, uh, he's a, a, a defender of the universe. That's what we, th- we talk about, and actually we wrote a whole comic book about it, but that's the whole point. It's like he's defending, you know. Yeah, the comic book was based on an idea I had that I felt like CDs are almost becoming dated now. Like a lot of uh, young people don't even have CD players anymore. Computers don't have CD players anymore. So uh, I wanted to create something that was a physical, tangible objet d'art. And um, so I thought of a comic book that would have a download code for the music inside. And uh, the comic book was written by myself, Manolo Davila, Anthony Sierra, and uh, it was illustrated by Camille Mai, who's a fantastic local musician in her own right and illustrator who uh, attended the California College of the Arts. And um, so she did a fantastic job um, illustrating. Kind of, it's kind of follows Anthony Sierra our conguero, and it follows him in this kind of like dystopian San Francisco, kind of like a gentrification to the max. And um, by him discovering the drums, he's able to step into another dimension. Yeah, and then in the other dimension, well, I don't know, it's cool. We all cross paths. It's hella cool. (laughs) It's like some, uh, it's really cool. You guys should buy it. And read it for yourself. You're supporting local artists. And uh, we have a website also. So if you guys want to check us out, our website is soltronsf.com. We have a Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash soltronsf. We have Instagram also called soltronsf. And you can stream our uh, album on iTunes, it's for sale, or if you have Apple Music, you can stream it. Spotify and Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Yeah. So if you want to actually support us 
the most. Uh, I th- we get the biggest cut from Bandcamp. Yeah. So go there and um, well, you can just type in soultron.bandcamp.com and you can download the album. And so more about this album. So for people listening, they've heard this and they're like, oh, those tracks sound so clean. Like everything sounds so great. And like just the arrangements and you all really took this to another level. So for folks that are listening, you know, we have this album was produced by Greg Landau, who, of course, our listeners know and love, who has dedicated his whole life to really highlighting that musical diaspora like he focuses on highlighting lifting up afro-latino music and that's something that really is aligned with the work that you all do you all can get the comic you can download the music or you can i'm looking at the cd right now um i still play cds so um (laughs) so tell us about the whole process well um writing these seven tunes seven original songs it took about a year i think of workshopping it because most of what we did was done collectively a lot of the arrangements we came up with in rehearsal with feedback from everybody so greg landau we approached to record the album a number of us are connected to him either through family or through work so um we we approached him and we were honored to have him uh want to produce us we did a kickstarter to raise money for that album we set a goal of uh, 10,000, 10, yeah, and we ended up getting 12. It was awesome. The community, totally. This this uh, album is, uh, you know, we, we're on there, but it wouldn't have happened without so much community effort behind us. Uh, I know, like, a lot of people, like we talk about on the album, it's gentrification, there's a lot of economic stuff going on, mm-hmm. but everyone gives a little bit, and it made this happen. You know, Greg worked with us. And that was a big deal, and he was able to help us through his networks mm-hmm. and um, just the support from our families and from our mentors throughout the process has been a very beautiful experience. It's a blessing, I think, for all of us in the band to ha- be a part of this. Yeah. And I think something also important to add is that Greg himself, you know, people know him as a musician for Mission High. Like, they know him as, like, a mission you know someone who grew up in the mission his his rock his soul music his music that you know took over Nicaragua that had so much love and respect there you know like he his heart I think is very much aligned with musically with Sortron so after talking to him I've talked to him a lot about you all and you know he definitely felt the love so it's it's nice to have it be not a group you know in New York that you know maybe was disconnected but it really was someone who who loves the mission yeah you yeah, know, we we were we were even a little afraid at first of like, oh, we're gonna bring in this producer. What does this mean? Is this gonna change our sound? But all he ever did was just challenge us to be the most true to ourselves and really focus in on what made our sound great. You know. But I think he does it out of love. Yeah. Being like you know, he's from the mission. He he was a a big part of all that stuff that that laid all the musical cultural stuff happening in the 60s 70s 80s 90s leading up to now and so he had to put his stamp on that thing exactly but then because of that i feel in a way he's like passing a torch onto us to continue what he what they were doing so we've been talking to Soltron mm-hmm. there uh, in our studio. We've had the pleasure to have Akil Mister in the house. We've also had Daniel Riera, and they are repping the wonderful band that is Soltron that involves a lot of horn players, a, involves a lot of percussion, involves a lot of great vocals, and you all can hear them, experience them. You, we've been playing them all show, and you can hear them and sp- experience them on their website as well and get with some of their wonderful music. Muchísimas gracias a ustedes dos for being with us. We really appreciate your time, and we look forward to hearing more from Soltron. Gracias, Julieta. Yeah, thank you for having us. You just heard an interview with Soltron. You can see them this Saturday, April 15th, in Santa Cruz, playing at the Rio Theater. You can also see them at the Brick and Mortar in San Francisco on April 28th along with April 29th as part of the Cesar Chavez Festival. All this and much more, go to their website, soltronsf.com.
Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Brenda Yescas, and this is the calendar of events and happenings for the Bay Area. From now till April 19th, the 60th annual San Francisco International Film Festival is the longest-running film festival in the Americas. It's an extraordinary showcase of cinematic discovery and innovation in one of the country's most beautiful cities, featuring some 150 films and live events with more than 100 filmmakers in attendance, and nearly two dozen awards presented for excellence in film craft. For showtimes and film information, go to sffilm.org. For Thursday, April 13th, join singer and songwriter Alex Cuba and the Bay Area's own Macru for a night of rumba, cumbia, soul, and world music at the New Parish, 1743 San Pablo Avenue in Oakland starts at 9 p.m. The show is wheelchair accessible. For more information, go to thenewparish.com. For Friday, April 14th, the second annual Run for Salmon panel and benefit show. This is a panel and benefit concert to restore salmon runs, protect our waters, and our indigenous lifeways. Panel discussion with spiritual leaders and activists, as well as music by local Bay Area artists, Locura, Bang Data, Rupa and the April Fishes, and more. This is at La Peña Cultural Center, 3105 Shattuck Avenue in Berkeley. Starts at 8 p.m. The venue is wheelchair accessible. LaPeña.org For Saturday, April 15th, Harana Criolla brings Creole music from the coast of Peru to the Bay Area. With Andy Calao on vocals, Pedro Rosales on cajón, and Vladimir Vukanovich in guitar. Musica Creolla encompasses a variety of musical genres practiced in the coastal region of Peru with European, African, and indigenous influences. This music presents the rich culture and musical heritage present 
in the coast of the country. This is at Studio Grand, 3234 Grand Avenue in Oakland, 9.30 p.m., and it's wheelchair accessible. For more information, go to studiograndoakland.org. Also for Saturday, April 15th, Sacred Waters, City Streets, The Art of Juan Alicia will showcase more than 20 original murals, drawings, and prints spanning four decades of this renowned Bay Area muralist career. Juan Alicia's work is associated with the greatest artistic and political achievements of the Chicano movement. Her sculptural and painted public works can be seen in Nicaragua, Mexico, Pennsylvania, and in many parts of California, with a large body of public work in San Francisco centered in the Mission District. The event will be held at Acción Latina, 2958 24th Street in San Francisco. Starts at 7 p.m. For more information, go to accionlatina.org. And from now till April 23rd, the Ubuntu Theater Project is presenting a play called To the Bone. It focuses on lives of four undocumented immigrant women of Central America working in a poultry factory in upstate New York. Throughout the course of the story, their connections with both family and friends become threatened as they struggle against the harsh realities of daily life and deferred dreams with no recourse against injustice. It's playing at the Brooklyn Reserve, 1433 12th Street in Oakland. For more information on showtimes and tickets, go to ubuntutheaterproject.com. And this has been a calendar of events and happenings for the Bay Area. If you would like to add your event to our calendar, please email us at larasachronicles at kpfa.org. And for more information on our show, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash larasachronicles. Feliz noches! Thank you.